0: Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about soil health as we move into April. And these fools are joining me today. We've got Bill Schaumberg. Hey, thanks for in- introducing me today, Matt. <laughs> Max Garvey.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: And Todd Schaumburg. Hey to all the tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilt Agronomy. So today we're going to talk about how do you define soil health? And that is a very good question. I don't know that there's a right answer necessarily. So what do you guys think? What do you define soil health as?
2: You're not it's gonna go talk, any small soil, talk, Matt. Right? You're just going right by that. Just we're not well, even gonna mention
0: the, well, the C I, word tonight or what? And you're in the basement yet? Are you in the basement, Matt? Still in the basement. Yeah, I was skipping over the small talk. Oh, we got this. There's no sports. No, nothing really good to talk (laughs) about. No, (laughs) we got soil sampling going on. That's about it.
3: I made the mistake tonight of turning on the uh, national news. Don't do that. You feel like you're going to
0: die. You played yourself. You played yourself. (laughs) Done. I actually saw something the other day. They said you shouldn't watch more than. Uh, one to two hours of the news a day. Like, don't sit on your one phone. One to
2: two—that seems like a lot. I would say like thirty well, minutes. You, you catch figure, the weather yeah, at the end, and,
0: if you do the news at five, that's like an hour. So yeah, morning, right. morning and evening news, maybe at the maybe half hour at noon. That would get you hour and a half to two hours. Two but minutes a yeah, day. Twitter really
1: probably. Done. Twitter probably is supposed. To, you're not supposed to be on that much, but basically, all the people I follow are have just made jokes out out of this, so. You know, they're keeping it light. That's not too depressing on Twitter for me.
0: Yeah, no, I've been downloading memes like crazy. There's a lot of good ones out there.
1: Oh, yeah. What's well, the best one, Matt? I mean, anything with Tiger King.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Tiger King lately. I have to watch that. I will, I will it's never, on Netflix recover or something. I've
1: never
2: heard of that. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah, it's on. Okay. okay, listen,
1: I've watched it, all
0: right? What let,
3: me, it? let me okay, scream you guys
1: hold on this. Okay. Imagine this the year is 2020 and the world is in a global pandemic, but we're going to be saved by a homosexual redneck Tiger King from Oklahoma. That's what we need. That is the ticket right there. He literally at one point says that, like, he's like, I'm a homosexual, I carry guns, and I'm here to take over the world. Like, that's his line. And I, it's from then on, you're just completely like caught. Like, it's you just have to follow what everything he says it's it's a it's actually you can't stop watching like it's how many tigers these super people dick. got
2: like like 20 tigers each or like a couple or no, no he was like hundreds. a zookeeper hundreds nah hundreds
1: yes hundreds because he because all his money was made on like um breeding and then like people petting the cubs like that's where he really made money on so he just kept breeding tigers cool oh. yeah it's wild like well, he had so here, he had like lions, tigers, bears, wolves, monkeys. Like it was the whole thing is just crazy. Oh my! Super interesting. Yeah, everybody had, that's for sure.
2: Everybody on lockdown, and the the new news is about the China
0: divorce rate and how that's the next to come. So that's that's old news, Todd. That was out a while ago. That was
2: yesterday. The, um, they were saying though that they keep coming out that they actually thought. China thought they, the divorce rate would go down with this and people would have more kids because they relaxed their second kid policy in China sure. yeah. so it was like the opposite effect of what they they actually thought so that was no you
0: actually have to spend 24 hours a day with with someone and that uh, it really gets to gets to you after a while every little yeah, you have put
2: out a bunch of posters all around that that encouraged couples to have more kids while... Well, while in quarantine, so I thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know I saw that. To,
1: if... Do they really need to encourage people to do that? And when they're locked in the house for 24 hours, they eventually
0: run out yeah, of things to do. I think so. Should and you I saw someone doing that, that a few weeks ago already. <laughs>
3: yeah. Should you even be doing that if you're in quarantine? You'd be getting each other sick.
0: Valid,
1: valid point.
3: Only if you would... have
1: it, though also valid
3: how was your day sampling Max?
2: day to day though finally some warm weather to start soil sampling and get out in the fields so that's exciting
1: yeah it was it was actually you know the ground's a little wet in some places i got stuck once which stuck once not bad for spring sampling i'll take that take that every day um i actually had a pretty good day um it was nice it's beautiful like i i could feel the sun actually like cooking on my face today which was new um i don't think i got much you know, color but like you could actually feel
2: oh yeah. yeah when you get in the vehicle oh, yeah. and the, you know it gets warm that's sweet too
1: i actually turned the ac on between two fields today because the truck was sitting like right like the sun was coming in perfect it was like 100 degrees in the truck when i got in it was it was no it was warm in there it got it was you really nice out today. The I, I had a good day
3: soap in
0: the window no, man.
1: air conditioning air conditioning.
0: It's nice outside. I don't want to put my good air
1: yet. out. Because if you're exposed to the open air, you could be exposed to the, the Rona. So if you have all recirculated <laughs> air, it's more
0: safe.
3: Sure. In the middle of a field. That's in how it Montana
0: works. It's, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> if you believe that, I got a bridge because in, the two hours I
1: spent out in the Because the two hours I spent out in the open air before that were different than if I would have drove with the window open.
0: Yep, exactly.
2: Don't be spreading Corona myths, Max. We don't need any of that. (laughs) All right, I got one sample. No, I got one more thing. Look at it. I got one sample of wheat here. Guess how long it's been inside. It's doing pretty good. A week. Two days. Yeah, one week. So she's rocking Actually, in general, the wheat looks pretty good out there, so that's exciting.
1: All three fields A little vivid, bit of wheat we have it. Weed yeah,
2: all, all couple fields. Yeah. Yeah,
0: be a bumper crap on those five acres. Yeah.
1: I did see a lot of good, like the wheat I have seen has been pretty phenomenal, so pretty excited about that.
0: Yeah, we had a mild winter, so should be. And been that's been good, good news case. for
2: the alfalfa usually, so it's a little too early to tell an alfalfa yet, but it's usually a good sign
3: was in some hay fields today, and some clay ground didn't look very good. Pretty squishy roots and rotten crowns, but uh, too early to tell, I think.
0: Yeah, we had our first real good warm day here, so hopefully the next week looks pretty good other than a couple of little chances of rain here and there. Good news
3: was I didn't see any heaving, so it was just,
0: if anything, it's going to be the
3: wet soil that does it in.
2: That's good. Good, Yeah, if it's not heaved, you know, that... Usually, it can kind of weather some of that being wet. So,
0: all right. Well, let's talk soil health because if you have good soil health, then your crops might be doing better.
2: Tilthy, got to get that tilthy soil. That soil. So that's all yep. about, right? Yep. Get the immune system of that soil working better so it can ward off all the bad stuff.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> is, is like, is all healthy soil considered a suppressive soil? Is that are those mutually exclusive things, or those is is a suppressive soil kind of a result of having healthy soil? How do, how exactly does that work?
3: Good
2: question. Yeah, that is a good question. I
3: think I it actually, takes a lot okay, to get so, get healthy soil.
1: So I that was kind of a trick question because I've sat through probably fifteen soil health like seminars now and um i it seems that we kind of talk in circles in general on trying to find a definition for soil health because we don't necessarily have an exact like you know set in stone definition of what soil health is but we know in general what it's supposed to look like a a general idea of how to make it healthier
0: well we know what helps make a soil healthy like having water holding capacity and ability to withstand rain without losing structure, having soil structure to begin with are all good things.
2: Having a good about DH? the NRCS definition? That one's always interesting. Of, I'll read it to you guys and see. Is defined as the continued capacity of soil to function as a vital living ecosystem that sustains plants, animals, and humans. This definition speaks to the importance of managing soils so that they are sustainable for future generations. Very textbook. Yeah, it was. Ex- cool. Yeah, I thought that too of like. And vague. It's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those where you read it and go, oh, okay, I guess, sure.
1: A, a well-formed political speech, right there.
3: I'm in like agronomy 101 or something, right there, trying to regurgitate that sentence. Pretty tough.
2: Don't you think yes. soil health too is is a lot like human health, where you know it can be different for different types of soils, and it can be different, you know, just because you're labeled, say, in the human side, overweight. That doesn't necessarily mean you're unhealthy, you know, just depending how you're all. So it's it's just a weird system that way where, um, you know, in a sand soil, an organic matter number at a one is pretty low. But if you had a two or a three in a sand, really sandy soil, that'd be pretty good, but it'd be low on a clay soil. So, yeah, to, to truly define it, like you say, Max, is pretty tough.
0: So is that what your doctor tells you is it's okay? Yeah. Even if you're not perfectly healthy. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to tell us, Todd?
2: No, I'm not trying to tell you anything.
0: No, I think organic matter is one way of measuring it. And like you said, different soils have different uh, capacities for having organic matter. So the more you can get, the better you probably are as far as your field crops. But that's not the only thing you can, you have to measure it by.
3: Well, I
0: think the hard part too, guys, is
3: depending where your soil is, you know, you have... Healthy So you could have the healthiest soil, but if you have a growing season that's very short, you still may not realize the yield that you want from that healthy soil, right? That's what we're striving for is healthy soil so it doesn't erode, has good water holding capacity, good nutrient level so that your crops grow well. But if you have a bad fear north and you have a shorter growing season, you may not realize that, but you're still striving to have the healthiest soil, keep it in place. Uh you know, for erosion and water infiltration and things like that.
0: Well, I think one of the interesting things that I've heard a lot more about lately is, you know, a lot of guys complain, well, if I do no-till, my soil doesn't warm up as fast. And that's the point of, yeah, it may not warm up quite as fast. Um, Usually it's about the same to 50, but then slower to get above that. But it's actually a benefit that it doesn't get as warm as other soils, because you can have too much heat in the soil, especially when you get in those dog days of summer when you're getting 80, 90 degrees, and your soil temps are really getting up there, that can actually be damaging to the crop. So,
3: how many times were you guys in in the summer on no-till ground, and that corn looks awesome, and it's the leaves are nice and laid out flat, you know, good and flat and turgid, and you go to the next field that was tilled, and it's all curled up and looks like crap. You know, because that soil is probably 100 degrees too. So you're right, Matt, that makes a big difference,
0: especially in that lighter ground. And how many times do you walk in that field and it feels like 10 times hotter walking between the rows because that soil is just reflecting that heat back up at you. And then you get structure. So structure is, uh, I think, one of the big hitting points that a lot of soil health gurus and others talk about is having that uh, that texture. So you're not only having good aggregate, but that cottage cheese look is usually the what they say about healthy soil. And how much uh, this fall did we
3: see that last fall with no-till? You know, we talk about no-till, but you have that soil structure. You can carry those that equipment across the field. We're not bringing the mud out onto the road. And we're not making ruts, so having soil structure is huge for just our normal field operations too. As these equipment equipment get bigger and heavier,
0: yeah, and I think um, even you know last year we were still probably making some ruts, but they weren't weren't as deep and might actually just buff out on their own <laughs> versus having to go back in and dig up a lot of these other conventionally tilled fields. Do you think there's one you way like that to get cottage,
2: that? That's... Do you like that cottage cheese definition? Or I, mean, that's a, I always thought that was a weird analogy, just especially because cottage cheese is white, for one. Um, but basically, you want almost like a gooey-looking, lumpy soil. Is that the goal? I, I just think that's a unique, and that there's got to be a better analogy than cottage cheese.
0: Yeah, it is kind of a weird one. You get... I mean, I, I, I get it a little bit how you you could say that, especially about certain soils. But yeah, I agree. That's kind of a weird, weird comparison. You're not just slopping soil out onto the ground with a shovel. Throw a little salt and pepper on it. Maybe some fruit. Yeah. Put it on put it on some if lettuce.
1: If your soil has the uh, moisture content of cottage cheese, you probably should get out of the that's field. Pro- that's probably just yeah. an opinion. Just an opinion. Yeah. But
2: no, I agree. Even if it's like that mushy, like cottage cheese, it's probably not good either. So, yeah, I just that one was always unique to me, but I got nothing better, right? Either that's the problem is I I, don't know of anything else that would work.
1: I get it. I understand it when they say it. I understand the point uh, of having, of what, of, of using cottage cheese as your analogy. But I also agree with you, Todd, that that's not really. It's really hard to compare cottage cheese. How
3: about cheese people. cheese curds, Todd? How about
2: cheese curds? Is that better? <laughs> maybe. Like the real fresh squeaky curds and yeah. that be sized yeah. kind of small, maybe. Yeah. Does it have mm-hmm. to be a dairy product that we... <laughs> 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 yes. Right, right now, now it does. Yeah.
0: yeah. In this economy, we yes. We use
1: all the dairy products we can use right yes. now, Todd.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, there we go. Just apply cheese to your fields and you can achieve the cottage cheese look. <laughs> and you won't have to dump your milk. Yeah.
3: As we, as we will talk about later. So, Max, in your hours and hours of uh, soil health conferences, do they talk about one way to get to that soil health? Or is there many ways to get to that golden ticket soil health label
1: um well for start for starters it seems like the the general message is if you can do one thing for soil health do it if you can do five things for soil health do them but try something um they don't they, it's all it's all uh, always the same thing like that it's not gonna happen overnight and that you need to give it time um, I don't know that necessarily that there is a, a singular action that you can do to completely f- you know have this healthy soil all of a sudden. Um, definitely no-till seems to be a pretty big, pretty big, uh, avenue that most people like to go with, uh, cover crops between those two. I mean, I think that's, that's the best way to do it as quick as possible. Um, but there's endless amounts of things you can do to try and fix that.
0: I think too, when you use that theory of at least trying something and then eventually like. When I went to the national no-till conference, they talked about, you know, stratification issues in no-till because, you know, you're not really moving the soil, moving the nutrient as much. And actually they were looking at cover crops as a solution to it. So you do the the first thing for long enough and then it'll lead into the next thing and then the next thing and hopefully get you to where you want to be by the end
2: can I use my analogy of losing weight again is that the first thing to losing weight isn't like, oh, I'm going to go run a marathon tomorrow. Um, so it's, you know, it's just probably going out for one walk. So let's use that with the same with soil health is just like, just do one thing today or, you know, when you can and start small and don't, don't look back and just incrementally get, get better each time. Probably.
0: Todd, are you hitting the quarantine cookies too much? I,
2: <laughs> I can I can say that the quarantine has caused a little bit more, uh, a little bit more uh, eating and less doing, and that's why it's good that pretty quick you're going to be all walking more fields. That'll be real good.
3: I heard today the COVID fifteen everyone's going to put on.
0: They so, hit the COVID nineteen. Oh, I, I don't know. Just I passed pressure. that already. <laughs> <laughs> Play off the freshman 15, Todd. Come on. Right. I, I get it. I just, it's, yeah.
3: Well, the good news, Max, so, yeah. with all that is there's no one way to skin that cat, right? There's several ways to create and get to soil health, whether that's cover crops or, you know, maybe we change some tillage and we don't uh, super inject our manure. We do low disturbance manure. Or maybe it's cover crops or whatever it may be. Every farm can decide what fits their rotation the best.
1: Yeah, I I guess like you said, the the best way to look at it is more than one way to skin a cat.
0: I like that you brought up manure too, Bill, because that's one thing I think as you're transitioning into the soil health conversation is Not only amount of manure, but how you apply your manure too is is another way of trying new things, whether it's low disturbance manure or just trying lower rates so you're not overwhelming the biology of the soil. I just
3: still see too many of the, the toolbars with the manure, with that big two, three, whatever, four inch hose that's coming out each back of those knives. You know, you got a five or six knife machine on the back of your tractor and it's just gushing out you know and you're disrupting that soil so we got to find a different way with manure if we want to create that soil health i think and and that's less disturbance or different times more more applications obviously cost is a big issue and those kinds of things but we gotta we gotta change our old ways of putting on manure just to make sure that that we don't disrupt that soil structure and i think by by that we're we're doing that
0: Yeah, no, I think that's that's a good point, Bill. So, alright. <clears throat> the smell of success. Max, what is what does that mean? He's gone.
1: What was that one more time? I didn't hear you though.
0: Oh, sorry. The smell of success. I see this in your in the note here. You got here the smell of success in healthy soil. So what did what are we looking at for that?
1: Oh. Okay, so um, that's another one of those things that I've heard a couple times. and the first time I heard it, it was really really odd, I guess, that, um exactly what they were getting at. But um, healthy soil has a smell. so or I guess all soil has a smell. But being able to one of the one of the defining characteristics of soil health is being able to smell that healthy soil. And I don't know how to describe the smell other than when you have a healthy soil compared to an unhealthy soil. There's a very clear difference, and it's it's pretty easy to figure out which one's the healthy soil. One smells natural; the other smells like, I guess, like death is a good way to put it.
2: Does it smell like cottage cheese? One smells like
0: earthy, kind of healthy. It smells like
1: bad cottage cheese. Yes,
0: (laughs) yeah. After the expiration date.
1: Yeah, like okay. I guess you guys, you guys uh, have probably never used these, but there's these. Uh, scent wafers for hunting that you can that you can use and one is called natural earth i believe and that is exactly what healthy soil smells like
3: so when we can go back to the store i'll run out and buy one of
0: those so i can smell it
1: yes you can order them on amazon if you want i
0: order true i think when we were talking about alfalfa fields and this early season checks that we're doing um that's one good comparison, you know, you can tell when those crowns are rotting, that smell that's there, and that's not a healthy smell. So it's something, I think, comparable to that where, you know, you, do, you don't want that kind of smell in your soil because you know there's something not right there. So, all right. Well, hope that's as clear as mud, no pun intended, that... Uh, <laughs> soil health we we don't really have a perfect definition but those we've talked about some things here and this month we're going to focus on soil health month and each week try to talk a little bit more about soil health and hopefully inform you a little bit more on at least what we're seeing as trends in that realm of taking care of your crops and soils so now let's move on to our spotlight All right, so today we've got HPPD approved in several counties for use on GT twenty-seven soybeans. So Alite twenty-seven is the first HPPD herbicide approved for counties in Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Ohio, South South Dakota, and Tennessee. So not here in Wisconsin yet, but boo, there are. We, never the, we don't need it yet. The cool toys. Yeah. So BASF came out with this uh, new innovation. So it's hopefully going to give growers more operational control over their crops and help eliminate troublesome weeds.
1: Another tool in the toolbox.
0: And for those of you who don't know, GT27 uh, Liberty Link beans. <clears throat> Oop. Do you know I what like 27 is,
2: is too? I don't, that herbicide is never, never heard of that.
0: I, don't know I that think is. that's just, yeah, the, the new formulation or whatever. the new HPPD. Yeah. Yeah. So Correct. It's, it's low uh, activation. It's only as little as one half inch of rain. So I guess I don't know that. That's well, that we've old. really
1: struggled for rain the last couple of years. So it's a good thing they got that down. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Now we'll have good drought. With this coming out, but
3: (laughs) milk price tanks. We get get a drought. drought.
0: What else could we have this year? Corona. So, all right. So, there's something to look for. Hopefully, we'll get that technology everywhere soon. But, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Ohio, South Dakota, and Tennessee, you guys are in luck. Get to try it out. So, now let's move into our ag history minute. Sorry, music. Lovely banjo, maybe? I there like the there, we banjo, All right, there we go. Alright. There you go. There you go. Just think of strolling down the river. Banjo players. Love banjo good. music. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, today we're going to talk about milkers. And the surge milker was invented in 1922. It was the first milker to incorporate vacuum as well as a tug and pull motion. Making the milking machines far more efficient and safe for cows. It's the earliest iteration of the current day milking unit that we see on many farms. So we're, I don't know who this search guy is, but
1: <laughs> we were talking about it before the show started about like some of the old prototype milkers that came out, and some of them were pretty medieval.
0: Yeah, some needles of up insane. the teats. That
2: yes, they were. They does that like, sound comfortable up at all? Look old patents. Old patents for milkers and it is just insane the ideas of what people had.
1: Well, the so, the original ones that were just straight like as much suction as they could get going, that was like I I was reading how that just caused like blood clots and hematomas and stuff in the teats, and that you know that really wasn't the best best either.
0: Yeah, and you think about tug and pull motion, that's. A more natural way of milking a cow. So incorporating that makes a lot of sense. So Todd, tell us about tilth and NAICC. Should I,
2: should I tell you about tilth and NAICC, Matt? Please Tell please me do. about
0: the rabbits, George. Tell us, please.
1: If
2: you, if you like what you're hearing, please visit tilthegg.com. And there you can find a crop consultant in Wisconsin that can take care of you. If you're not in Wisconsin, please go to NAICC.org, which is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants, and there you can find a crop consultant in your area. Matt, can you tell us about subscribing?
0: Yes. What were you going to say, Todd? (laughs) <laughs> Unsubscribe, you know resubscribe to, to the podcast. Please,
2: please. Yeah. Unsubscribe, resubscribe a bunch of times so we can just get all kinds of new followers. That would be great.
0: Yes. So so subscribe to our podcast. Check us out. Take your kids' electronic devices
1: and push play on the podcast and then turn it way down and just don't tell your kids and let them play all the way through.
2: Come on, Matt. That's that's learning. Oh, they're a, doing their homework. Home, they could, yeah, yeah.
0: That's good homework. for their homework. You want to give a shout out to... Uh, our listener that's having yeah, this as part of his homework. I,
2: I know some listeners that are are having this as, as one of their um, learning activities. So to all those that aren't in school, um, we're glad you're listening.
0: Take notes. There will be a test. Yeah, we'll uh, email you the quiz. All right. Let's go into our current events with Cool Beans. And that's corny. So Cool Beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right. COVID-19 has caused Bear to move Dicama training to an online platform. While COVID-19 is unfortunate, at least it's nice that uh, we can still get the training done and it won't completely derail certifications because farming is not stopping anytime too soon. So yeah, we as an essential part of the economy, we're, Farming is still going on, and so we need everybody ready and able as much as possible to continue on for the growing season. You know, right, yeah, if know, you are uh, in
2: lockdown mode, this is a good time to take the training. So if you're in lockdown, yeah. just take the time.
0: Yeah, it's always a good time when you have nothing better to do but Netflix and Dicamba training. I mean, just maybe they should put the Dicamba training on Netflix. That that's a good idea,
2: Dicamba
1: King.
0: There you go. We'll get Vince Davis on as Dicamba King. Dicamba Explained. it would be the first uh, fairly accurate egg documentary on Netflix, maybe.
3: It'd be right after the pandemic
0: explained, right? Exactly. All right. And our That's Corny for today. Milk prices are tumbling again, and farmers being forced to dump milk. So yuck!
3: Mm. I saw prices today. Farmer showed me twelve ninety five for May. Yikes! For price of milk.
2: Yeah, and it's hard when you can't when there's limits in the grocery store. You can't win. Max, you've been in the most grocery stores because that's all you're going to now. Tell us what kind of limits you're seeing out there.
1: Well, I, the limits aren't that terrible here, but I had family in Florida tell me that they're limited to one dairy product per trip to the store,
3: which not gallon of milk, dairy me. product altogether.
1: No, no one dairy product. One. Oh dairy my product. lord! Dairy wow. product. Yeah, it's cra- it's wild.
0: That's wrong. And with a TP shortage, I mean, you got to go cheese, right? <laughs>
1: oh, 100 percent. Hundred percent.
2: Counter counteract the lack of
1: TP. That's right.
2: Last week, Max, we talked, or Matt, Max, you were not here sitting here, but we talked about the TP estimator. And I think that was part of the slider bar is your cheese consumption in the previous 12 hours and how much TP you needed.
1: Very important. Very important number when you're calculating that out.
2: You never know when you need it.
0: Yep. Cheese Cheese is good for so many things. (laughs) Alright, let's move into You Applied What? What did you do? Alright, Maxwell You're up You guys ready to be tricked this week?
2: All this All right
1: So, for this week All of our uh, All of our products here Are going to have the same Active ingredient But one of them is not a herbicide, but instead a diabetes medication.
2: Ooh, <laughs> a diabetes. So,
1: same active ingredient, obviously. Obviously, different formulation of the acti- of that active ingredient,
3: but <laughs> we, we didn't know the rules could include diabetes medication here.
1: <laughs> it, sometimes you just make something up that's not even real. So, I mean, I figured I'd uh, throw in a diabetes
0: medication. Is
2: happening. any of them a, like a fish tank cleaner or not?
0: No. <laughs> no hydrochloroquine. No. Oh, okay. All right. Are right, you guys Todd's ready? Talking about Todd's talking about weight loss. Now we're bringing up <laughs> diabetes. Todd, we really we're getting concerned here.
1: The, co- the COVID nineteen. So all right. So here our products, colon. our products this week are Accent, Basis, Beacon, and Emeril. Bill, where are, you, where are you guessing here? Which one is the odd one out?
3: is. I'm gonna defer because this is a layup for
0: me. So I'll let the other guys go first.
1: All right, I know all accent.
0: Right. I know accent is a herbicide. Pretty sure basis is and beacon. I'm gonna go amaryl.
2: I'm amaryl.
3: Amaryl. The other. Can three you guys are give ALS me the inhibitors. active ingredient?
2: ALS. Inhibitors. Bam!
1: Wow. I thought. I shouldn't have told you guys that one was a diabetes medication. You guys maybe wouldn't.
2: <laughs> we, we probably wouldn't have got it if you said that, yeah. I, actually I should googled just said Am- find the
3: Amitrol. I do I googled Amitril, Amaril herbicide, and it came up with nothing but Amitrol, non-selective triazole, so it didn't even come up. Diabetes. Diabetes.
1: No, so the active ingredient is is that sulf- sulfonylurea. Mm-hmm. So there's your there's your uh, little sneaky one for this week.
2: How would you find it right. out, Max? Where did you make that connection? Do you know somebody taking some Amaril and they're like, they're just snuck a swig of some beacon no. instead to, no, so, to try it out? Or... Uh,
1: so what I, what I usually do when I'm trying to, when I'm in charge, when I'm in charge of You Applied What, what I kind of do is I look at the table of like active ingredients and modes of action and stuff like that, and I just kind of like, try and find like a pattern or something where I think can be a little bit tricky. And I was looking through and I was like, Oh, sulfonylurea. And then I thought about it and I was like, I remembered earlier in the day there was a commercial and someone talked about a sulfonylurea like drug on the commercial. And I was like, Oh, this will be good. This will be real good. So I Googled sulfonylurea, sulfonylurea drugs. And the first one that came up was Amaril, which was not the, what the commercial was, but that was the first one that came up when I Googled sulfonylurea drugs. So, there you go. That's how. That's how we got. To, that's how we got to this point.
3: Thought maybe Sierra we watched gave tiger you some King.
1: tips. Nope. No, I, don't, about, I don't think so.
0: Worried about Todd's diabetes, so he wanted to give him some options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just lose some weight,
2: Todd. <laughs> I'll drink. I'll just drink Beacon from now on. That sounds good.
0: <laughs> maybe you should mix all of them together and just shoot for the moon there you go
2: yeah multiple what's the words that can happen multiple, multiple really well it's the same
0: mode of action but yeah
1: yeah it's the same mode of action
0: all right well that'll do it for today guys thanks for being here thanks thanks Matt. for having us Matt so today we talked about defining soil health in our spotlight we looked at a new HPPD inhibitor Egg history minute, we talked about the Surge Milker invented back in nineteen twenty two. COVID nineteen is still around in our cool beans, that's corny, as milk prices continue to tumble. And in You Applied What we learned that herbicide and diabetes medication not that far apart. So Alright. Well, Todd, hopefully you get it on a treadmill or something, get that COVID weight burned off and just gonna start eating as always cheese. Happy farming.